Tomorrow by. Good morning. I'm Judith Lay and this is Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life. Manx Radio. Going to the moon, being a church that's not a church and a plea for help. All of that and music too. It's your breakfast listening here on Praise Today. This week, we've been reliving the historic moment when, on July the 20th, 1969, Commander Neil Armstrong and pilot Buzz Aldrin landed the Apollo Lunar Module Eagle on the moon. But I wonder how many know what Buzz Aldrin did before they stepped out onto the moon's surface. Buzz Aldrin was a convinced Christian and an elder at Webster Presbyterian Church in Houston, Texas. Before the flight, he'd wondered about how to mark the landing. Writing in a magazine article a year after the landing, he said that his pastor, Dean Woodruff, had told him, God reveals himself in the common elements of everyday life, like bread and wine. Woodruff gave him a silver chalice to take with him on the flight, and there was just enough gravity for him to be able to pour the wine into it from a plastic container. Aldrin wrote, In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine curled slowly and gracefully up the side of the cup. It was interesting to think that the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the first food eaten there were communion elements. He also read a Bible verse from chapter 15 of John's Gospel. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. Before he took communion, Aldrin radioed back to NASA. He said, I would like to request a few moments of silence. I would like to invite each person listening in, wherever and whomever he may be, to contemplate for a moment the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in his own individual way. However, NASA kept very quiet about what he was actually doing. The organisation had been badly bruised by the activities of atheist campaigner Madeleine Murray O'Hare, who was constantly battling to separate church and state, and had drawn NASA into a series of unsuccessful court battles because the crew of a previous mission, Apollo 8, had read out the creation story from Genesis during their orbit. But the Bible and the moon have more history even than that. There's a paper Bible still on the moon, It's on the dashboard of an abandoned lunar rover and was left there by Apollo 15 astronaut David Scott. For many people, spaceflight seems to stand for the ultimate victory of human skill over our earthly limitations. For some, the moon landings became symbols of the way human beings have outgrown their need for God. If we look at what the Bible says about the moon, we find something very different. For the writer of the Psalms, the moon sparks wonder at God's power. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. 
The writer of the Psalms is astonished by God's creative power and awestruck by the fact that he still cares for his human creation. That sense of wonder still strikes Christians today. The God who created the universe loves every single one of us. Contemplating the moon landings 50 years later, we're profoundly moved by the skill, courage and dedication of the men who flew the Apollo 11 mission. But thanks to amazing advances in technology since then, we now know far more about the universe than we did back in 1969. We know far more, too, about the challenges we face here on Earth, with its conflicts, diseases, inequalities and injustices. The challenges of dealing with climate change now seem to dwarf the challenges of sending someone to the moon. Are we maybe less likely to think about human capabilities and perhaps more inclined to be humble about our limitations? If we are, that could perhaps be a good thing, especially if it drives us back to Psalm 8, to wonder at the thought that in spite of everything, God cares for every single one of us. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God's concern for each one of us is worth keeping in mind as we join my next guest, a regular visitor to the programme, Reverend Alex Brown. Alex is a member of the clergy team at St George's Church here in Central Douglas, but his work as a pioneer minister sees him spending more time on the town's streets than inside a church. That's because the role of a pioneer minister is to talk with people who don't attend a church, who are often keen to talk about God, but less keen on organised religion. Building these new relationships is a gradual process, but Alex has always said that he's starting conversations where people are, not expecting them to come and have those conversations where he is. So, where's he been going and what's he been doing there? So we have a, a couple of different things that we do at the moment. One of our dreams really is to have what we see as like a, a whole network of in our head, a network of rooms. If you imagine a massive house that has got maybe a hundred rooms in and each room can link to the other. So what we, what we would love eventually to happen is that there's a whole network of mini communities, all of which are exploring their faith in ways which they feel 
they can do naturally and easily. So one of those ways is what my wife does with her sister Caroline. They do a thing called Breathe, where once a month at the moment, they get different creative media together. So sometimes it's artistic, sometimes it's paint, sometimes it's sculpture, sometimes it's poetry. And they just have a two and a half hour block where they explore a passage of scripture and they do a creative thing. And the community that's growing up around that it's quite interesting there's about 20 people in that who don't always come and then our Sunday thing which we do is between three and six sometimes that's at my house sometimes it's completely out in the wild and as much as possible we're outside you know when you ask people generally where do you meet with God almost always people say oh, I really meet with God in creation you know when I'm outside or I'm walking or in the hills or whatever and so that's where we want to do church, really. We're, often we're so stuck in buildings, aren't we? So a couple of weeks ago, we went to Silverdale. We were exploring, can we contain God? And when we come to know Jesus, what happens? So we, we built a dam and in Silverdale River, just out of the stuff that's there. We didn't bring anything else. Um, all natural things. We backed up the water a bit. We we explored what that what that could be. What is that reservoir of water that, that God's got for us then we we burst it and so it all came down the river and we dismantled the whole thing and thought about when we do come to know God how does that all flow to us and it was it was outside it was interactive it was all age but it wasn't just you know kid focused adults were having really good meaty conversations about what that could all mean and then we finished all that and we got dry-ish and went and sat in Silverdale with a massive picnic between all of us. And it was great. We're meeting other people as it was happening. It was it was outside. It was it was so good. Were people interested, bystanders interested in what you were doing, Alex? Yes, yes. Some some asking questions, some just looking on. Because we post everything online as well. So sometimes loads of people online are interacting with me as well and, and saying, Hey, I've seen what you're doing, this is great, wanna to get to one of these someday, you know. I think of all the people that we're contacting loads of them are in the under 35 category so research would tell us that under 35 spend 24 hours a week online so i spend a day of my week online generating good quality online content so we make videos we post stuff on facebook and it's it's really important and for some people that's just an extra but when you consider that people under 35 are spending a day a week in that location if online was Germany and, and under 35 went to Germany one day a week, we would put someone there. So that's where I am. You've just presented me with Reverend Brown's deliciously triple cooked Ephesians. It's a book. But what fascinates me is that this is part of your church. Now, explain to me what this book is doing, Alex. <laughs> well, what we wanted to do is give ourselves something for the summer. So people like to go away on their summer holidays. They like to read. People are really into journaling at the moment as well, not just reading a book, but kind of scribbling all over it as well. So so what we did was we took the book of Ephesians, which is six chapters long, divided each chapter in half. And so we've made 12 videos, which I think we're on week three or four at the moment. And those go out once a week and they go out ahead of the Sunday. And then anyone who's involved in any of our communities that we're trying to grow up, they can see those videos and interact with those. But the book is the whole script of all 12 of those with space at the margins. So people can either just have the book or they can just watch the videos or they can do both or they can come to something so they can come to one of our Sundays and then they, they know where they are, they, can, they don't have to catch up. But at the same time, we can just give them away to people, you know, and just say this, 
This is the book of Ephesians rewritten in contemporary language. It's not supposed to be the Bible. It's supposed to inspire people to go to the Bible and have a read. But most people won't do that. So to give them something which is nice holiday reading, which they can scribble on, is great. Why did you choose Ephesians? <laughs> well, as part of my own personal spiritual journey, I rewrite the Bible for myself into my own words because it helps me understand it. So I'm, I'm in the privileged position of having a couple of theology degrees under my belt. So I've got a lot of theology in my head. So I know when Paul's trying to say this, this and this, I know the, the wider Pauline picture and the wider scriptural picture as well. So I'm not just rewriting it into what I think it should say. I've rewritten for myself Ephesians and Colossians and Galatians and 1 and 2 Timothy. And I just thought it was for me. And uh, one day I was just praying about church and I felt God say to me, you know what you've done here? It's not just for you. I want you to give this away to other people. Um, so the reason I've called it Triple Cooked is because I wrote it. I left it for a couple of months. I went back and rewrote it again, left it for another couple of months and then rewrote it again into this. So it's had three, three drafts, if you like, to get to this stage. You're giving this away completely free, but... If people give you a little bit of money, it enables you to fund some more copies to give away free to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I meet loads of people all the time who are vaguely interested. And to be able to have something I can just hand to them is going to be really important. So I'm going to work with Church's Bookshop, not on this one, but on the next one. We've got about 26, 27 church values which we've come to which we want to keep in our consciousness and uh, I'd love to be able to have a small book which has just got those unpacked that says this is the kind of community we're trying to build I don't think that Jesus was trying to build a charity that put on services you said to me ages ago you felt strongly called to ordination you chose the Church of England because you said it embraces everything the ritual as well as the freedom to explore new ways of being church so you're not scorning anything that is part of the established church you're building upon it not sweeping anything aside I think Jesus was trying to build a, a mobile community of people who are looking to bring God's kingdom and God's kingdom ultimately is about values and knowing God you know, and like the, the reality of God in our lives all the time and how that outworks itself practically in all of our moral and ethical decisions and the way that we're dependent on God and the way that we look for the miraculous and the way that we're creative with how we do things. So I'm not against running services. I think, you know, the church does services really, really well, but there are literally tens of thousands of people who are opting out of that. And if we don't do something for those people... I think we're missing who God is interested in because God's not just interested in Christians. God is passionately interested in everybody. And so often we invite people into our building, into our walls to do what we're doing. What Jesus commanded us to do is to go to where other people are and do what they're doing. But with our Christianity as part of that. So that's, that's what I think we need to be doing. We need to be mobilising everybody to be taking God with them wherever they go. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess Him, King of glory now. Tis our Father's pleasure, we should call Him Lord. He from the beginning was the mighty one. 
Prior with a very robust version of At the Name of Jesus, set to the tune King's Western, composed by Ralph Vaughan Williams. And now let's go back to my guest, pioneer minister and Anglican priest, Reverend Alex Brown. If you've been listening to what Alex was saying a few moments ago about wanting to meet people where they are and showing them ways to meet with God where they are, and you think this is interesting, what, I wonder, would be the next move? I'd love to contact them, really. So I have a a website, which is pioneerdouglas.im, and everything is on there, including a contact form, which people can just go on there and they can say, hi, Alex, I'm interested in what you want. Can we have a coffee sometime? My answer will be yes. (laughs) Yes, let's have a coffee. I want to be able to point people to the right places, you know? So it may be that I'm talking to someone and and I figure out, actually, you will thrive in a Methodist church or you are going to be great at Living Hope or you need an Anglican church. So and I know where you live and the minister is great there. Uh, but it may be that as they're talking, I think actually, yeah, you, you should be part of one of our things. So uh, I'm not operating from a selfish perspective at all. You know, my whole career until this point has been ecumenism. We need to point people to where they will thrive the best, the communities that are going to help them with their spirituality. I love the way we're doing it. But I also, as you said, I love the way that other churches do run their services. I think there's so much depth in it. There's so much richness in it. For some people, it's not the right thing, but for others, it totally is. So I want to be able to point people to the right place. So that's why I want to meet them for a coffee, really. So I don't just say, oh, come to me. I want to say, if you want to know God, let's get you in the right place. But equally, if people go to that website, they will see where possibly you're out in the countryside having a gathering. Yeah, yeah, they will. They could just go along and have a look at that if they wanted to. Yes, yes. And and there's links on there to all of the videos that we make. And there's links on there to the Facebook site so they can join that. And we run inter-church worship experiences as well. So there's links to all that on there as well. So, yeah, yeah, tons and tons of stuff on there. And the address once again is? Pioneerdouglas.im Reverend Alex Brown, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. It's time to dig a little deeper To drive a stake into the ground Taking hold of all you promised We are ready for you You're the water in the desert Supply for every need. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. We are ready, oh, for you. With hearts wide open and hands held high. Our faith is
This is the voice of singer-songwriter and worship leader Lou Fellingham. It's a name you'll hear mentioned much more on this programme in the coming weeks as I tell you more about Spring Harvest Local, coming to the island on Tuesday the 17th of September. The Mountain View Innovation Centre just outside Ramsey on the Jerby Road is the venue and it's going to be an evening of heartfelt worship, inspiring teaching and a time for us all to pray for the empowering of the Holy Spirit. This could be a life-changing evening. The music will be brilliant, the speaker will be inspirational and it'll be a great night for both church and non-church folk. I'll be telling you lots more about it as the weeks go by. But if you can't wait to get your hands on a ticket, go to springharvest.org forward slash local. The Isle of Man date, 17th of September, is top of the list, naturally. And if you click book now, it'll take you to a very simple booking form. The cost is £8 for adults or £6 for anyone unwaged. Finally, when I was in Douglas the other day, I popped into Church's bookshop in Howard Street to buy a copy of a new book by a local author that I'll be talking about on the programme in a couple of weeks' time. Manager Andrew Wedgwood-Main was there to welcome me with his customary cheery smile. But to be honest, he's feeling far from cheery right now. It's not a good picture for the bookshop at the moment. You are a casualty of the roadworks, aren't you? Absolutely. Our location at the back of Promenade Methodist Church on, on Howard Street means that with the current stage of the roadworks, we're not getting any passing traffic, finding it a lot harder for people to access us by car, and that has really slowed down our sales uh, more than we, we thought it might. So we're really in a position now where we're asking people that if you need your Christian books, please come through us. And for the period while the roadworks are closed, we will even ship those to you wherever you are on the Isle of Man. We will get your books to you with no extra cost. So um, yeah, now is the real time where we could do with people coming out and supporting us to help us get through these next few months. And the reason you're particularly upset about this, Andrew, is because you are so close to the 50th anniversary of the bookshop and, and that means a lot to you, doesn't it? Absolutely. The fact this bookshop started back in 1971, that was well before I was born. And when it was started, there were a number of people who said that it wouldn't last a year. Well, we're now in year 48. In 2021, we'll be 50 years old and we are so excited by that and we really believe what we're doing is about providing a ministry, is about providing books to the community and resources to Christians across the island and we think that's really valuable and we hope that that people out there agree with us and help us it's not about doing extra it's just about when you need a Christian book think of us and of course there's the other thing that you get is the fellowship the friendship I never come in the shop that I don't stop and chat to somebody else. And your books are not significantly dearer. Most books, if you're comparing like for like, we are almost within a pound or so of the Amazon price. There are exceptions where they're able to bulk buy, and sometimes we're even cheaper. It's well worth checking, finding out our prices. You can message us on Facebook. We're Church's Bookshop on Facebook. Give us a call, send us an email. All that information is on our Facebook page or our website. And just get in contact with us and see how we can help. On the positive side, the, the, yes, the promenade does look a bit daunting with all its shuttering and, and, and all the big machinery and everything. But you're still easily accessible by foot from Strand Street. Absolutely. Coming from the prom, obviously, you can't cross the road at Howard Street. You've got to be either over the two ends. But you can walk along the prom in front of the hotels or along Strand Street. 
Street and then just come off to Howard Street by Deals and we're, we're there and we'll be open 10 to 4 Monday to Saturday as always. I'm always happy to see people and greet them with a smile. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Judith. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company and I wish you and those you love every blessing in the days ahead. Mm